Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from the Quandle Studio, but I'm not in the Quandle Studio Dillsburg location. It's it's Field Trip Wednesday today, and my co-host partner Chris and I took it on the road to Lancaster County where Rock, Rock lit it. So Chris, great idea on the location. Fellow co-host Chris Martin. Without further ado, Chris, take it away. Well, thank you for that, John. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. Uh, as John mentioned, I am Chris Martin, and uh, I am with Atlas Marketing. And you can check out the stories that we tell at atlasstories.com. And John, I, I think we're talking workforce development today, right? Another, another, another good, good, useful topic that is going to help guide the industry, right? Absolutely. So so as I mentioned, we're in Rock Lidditz. We were here for a strategic planning discussion with the KCA initiatives and, and with the Keystone Contract Magazine goals and initiatives. And it's easy for you to say. I know. How about the bow? <laughs> but it just, it just seems like we kept bringing up and coming back to workforce development. We kept bringing up that topic and we've, we've touched on it a lot in the magazine, touched on it a lot in the podcast. And and today we have a great person to speak about workforce development. That's that's Neil Rivers from Easley and Rivers. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, looking forward Here to it. Are, I am right? coming from uh, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Monroeville. You got it. Yes. So when you're talking workforce development, who better than a construction employer that hires a lot of field workers and office personnel? And Neil definitely has his uh, finger on the pulse of the industry and knows what's going on. So for starters, who's Neil Rivers? And tell us a little bit about ENR. What's going on with ENR these days? Sure, sure. Executive Vice President at Eastland Rivers. I um, oversee sales estimating and operations, our interiors. So we're a, a interior specialty contractor to elaborate on. Uh, our bread and butter is, uh, you know, your typical steel framing, drywall, insulation, acoustical ceilings, we dabble in, in quite a bit more, really Division 7, Division 9, Division 10, kind of take it all on. But uh, drywall and studs is, is uh, our bread and butter. We have a uh, another office in Morgantown, West Virginia. It covers the state of West Virginia, Panhandle of Maryland, and parts of Ohio. We focus here in Monroeville, primarily State College and West towards Steubenville and, and Youngstown. Yeah, and... Uh, ENR is uh, doing well. It's been it's 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 an interesting time right now, to say the least. We're certainly keeping our heads above water, but um, I think as as you know, we've all seen in the past the latency in construction, the cyclical nature of it. If anything, I feel like we're starting to feel some of the woes and pains from uh, the pandemic. Uh, we're experiencing and seeing some of that now, but also certainly challenged with uh, inflation. And, and the rising cost of goods, all of those things are kind of playing an effect. Fortunately, here in Pittsburgh, uh, there's a lot of institutional work that's been on the books, a lot of well-publicized stuff through the, the medical, uh, and, and, you know, both uh, medical systems, AHN and, and UPMC are, are hot and heavy and, and keeping everyone busy. 
and should for the coming years, and, and we're all fortunate for that. Universities as well in Pittsburgh continue to to build, and and really, you know, my sense is that they're really coming on strong, uh, just due to the fact that they shelved so many items right as the pandemic hit. You know, they were really forced to take a lot of work off the table and, and place it on hold, but uh, it's coming back around. So, you know, it's good in that regard. But if you don't have to build, if you're not an institution. I think a lot of people are realizing maybe now's not the time to do it. Wait and see what happens and uh, see if pricing comes down and, and, and maybe take another crack at it. So it's really all over the place right now. It's, it's interesting times, to say the least. Well, Neil, help our listeners understand a little bit. As a specialty contractor and, and as it relates to workforce development, do you feel that you're even at a bigger disadvantage because you are so special. And, you know, you mentioned you you ran down the line items. I think you said six through 10 where you kind of live. Is is that contributing more to the, to the workforce issues that you're, that you're facing or that you, that you're seeing? Well, I find that we're very fortunate here in our market where we are. I I didn't mention, but we are a union contractor. Um, And, the union building trades in, in Western Pennsylvania, I believe, are very strong. Uh, carpentry in the carpenter trade is our primary trade. And I, I think the job that they've done, the job that they're doing is second to none. And both the uh, business managers as well as the workforce itself up against anyone uh, in the country. Uh, and and we, we get that feedback a lot when out-of-town contractors come to our marketplace uh, for the first time to build a building. We, we hear over and over again just how impressed they are with the quality of workforce uh, that they find. So, yes, you know, we require a lot of specialized, skilled labor, but we've had it. And uh, I, I believe the trades continue to, to train and, and develop it well. I've not seen... For the most part, any significant drop in, in uh, cross the board abilities, you know, feel really fortunate in that regard. Don't know that I would call it a specific problem. It's, you know, any time that there may be issue within our market, it's just simply a piling up of work. You know, there's, I believe, at last count, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,400 carpenters in this region. Um, we'll call it Western PA. And for the most part, those those thirty four hundred carpenters can can really handle the needs of this marketplace, and and, and I think do it, do it really well. You know, it, it's it's always a challenge to you know we're, we all know that uh, you know we've seen a lot of retirements uh, with uh, you know the baby boomers phasing out. That's you know not just with salaried employees that that as well is taking its toll on the trades, but. You know they've they've really done uh, an excellent job of bringing new people in. I've seen a lot of strong, in particular, I think in the last handful of years, a lot of strong young people coming into the trades. I think it's interesting. So there's there's a lot of people, though there are a lot of people leaving the workforce mainly due to retirement. When I first came in in 2000, and this is just my opinion, this is just maybe anecdotal, but it seemed like you know early 2000s. Everyone was going to college, right? I mean, through the 90s into the early 2000s, it's just, it's what you did. It was regardless of whether or not it, you knew what you wanted to do, uh, college was a little more accessible. It was maybe just a little more affordable. And uh, it was just, it was the path for so many. And I think that that's, I think I'm seeing that 
trend down just a little bit. I think the barrier to entry just financially for college has has really become much more significant. And I think there are a lot of young people out there taking a look at the landscape and saying, well, you know, I know so-and-so and they took on a quarter million dollars worth of debt or $150,000 worth of debt. And, uh, you know, they came into the workplace and, you know, their salaries aren't all that significant. And, uh, you know, I can go into the trades and start earning a living right away. And, um, you know, really pretty decent living at that. So I just, I think just in the last 20 years, incrementally, we've seen more and more talented young people coming in, which has been a great benefit to us. Starting with you 20 years ago, right? <laughs> no, but let's, let's talk about, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, and you're very talented. One obviously. of my good friends and very talented. <laughs> but let's talk about that, though. So so 20 years ago, you know, you're a young and experienced construction person at ENR. I'm a young and experienced Irish dude working at the Master Builders, you know, and we had, you know, we had Gino Torriero at Nello, Mike Coon, Gendico, Jen Landau at Landau, but we all kind of bonded together and we all kind of worked with each other and got our bumps and bruises and work and you know kind of moved up the chain a little bit and now that we're you know maybe a maybe a rung higher on the ladder i was just wondering what your thoughts are as as far as people entering and do you see that camaraderie do you see that amongst different companies do you still see that that we had because i think we had something special it's still to this day i consider you guys close friends of mine so it was awesome times of course likewise and but john you'd be really happy to know that it it has continued. Speaking for Easley and Rivers, uh, we probably have the youngest office staff, median age that we maybe ever had. You know, we're not only a young organization, but we have a lot of young, talented people, and many more than than maybe when I first came in. Certainly, and years prior to that, just having known it, growing up in it, and being around my father. You know, more traditionally, at least in our office, and I don't think we are all that unique. You know, it wasn't always younger college graduates that were being hired on uh, here at ENR until really I came along uh, as example. Every project manager that we had came out of the field. So, you know, you, you're looking at a group of people that they'd come up through the field, found success there, went from journey, you know, apprentice to journeyman, journeyman to foreman, foreman to superintendent. And then we would identify the really talented ones and, and, and they would come into the office and work as project managers, obviously doing that much later in their careers. Now we're hiring people in their 20s, early 30s. And I, I think I'm seeing a little bit more of that than, than I, I at least recall. Now, I also still sometimes think of myself as I did 22 years ago. And maybe I'm just old now and, and people were just as young then as, as they are now and it just doesn't seem that way but uh no again going back to what makes our area region and community so unique the mba is is really strong they've created we met through the young constructors uh, at the mba uh, that committee remains strong in fact uh at enr been able to main some maintain someone within young constructors throughout. And, uh, you know, those people just as you, Gino, Jen, Brett, all of these guys were, were, you know, getting to know each other, learning from one another and palling around the same thing still happening with, with the same organizations. And, and, and it's, 
while also introducing some new ones. So that's been great. Uh, there's other committees that have actually come up. The ASA has become a, a much stronger uh, organization here in our market over the course of the last 10 years. And they have a, uh, a young professionals group uh, subcommittee uh, there. So we're seeing a lot of that right now. And, and, and the participation has been fantastic. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's, there's maybe the strongest, you know, young core of people uh, in our industry that, that certainly in just my 22 years, I've, I think I've seen. Well, Neil, can I ask you in terms of how you're handling the workforce challenges? Are there innovative things that you're doing at Easley and Rivers or how are you actually recruiting? How are you getting people to you know get in the door? And then from there, what, what are you doing to help? Well, <laughs> truthfully, we're a small business, so we're not dealing in, in, in the tens or even, you know, in the one hundreds or the tens. Our hiring doesn't come fast and frequent. It's, uh, you know, a little bit more of a, a slow turnover. Fortunate for us, you know, there's there's not a lot of turnover. It's it's Pittsburgh. You know, people you get to know so many of the people we've brought in uh, over the course of the years are through relationship people in the industry that, you know, that they then have son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew that uh, they'd like us to get to know, to take a look at. You know, it's a lot of organic development. You know, fortunately, we haven't had to utilize a lot of maybe of the newer types of, of applications all that often. You know, we're not going to Monster. We're not uh, having to go those, those kind of traditional hiring routes, um, putting an ad out in the paper, that sort of thing. Uh, it's a lot more organic than that. I, I don't know, you know, how much diff, how much that differs for, you know, your really large contractors, those that might employ, you know, a hundred people in the office, uh, and and might have much much greater turnover. I'm sure, they're presented with different types of challenges, but uh, you know, for us, it's it's been, um, you know, it's 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 been a great fortune that, uh, you know, this is just the type of market that allows for that that type of uh, organic relationship building, I guess I'll call it. Cool. We're going to change gears a little bit. You were just talking about the office. Um, when it comes to the field and, and workforce development, kind of two-parter here. One is with all the opportunities coming from the pandemic, are your hands tied related to workforce development and, and workforce? You know, are you able to to fulfill all your invitation to bids, all your, you know, your opportunities out there? Are you able to fulfill it due to the workforce that you have and anticipate that you have? And in part two, I'll, I'll get part two after. Go ahead. No, no, we have. I mean, you know, like any business, uh, what I'd like to think, good business. We certainly monitor how much work that 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 we may be may be chasing. Um, everyone has their kind of sweet spot, the volume that they're looking to to achieve, and when they're trying to take take that volume on. You know, we uh, we try our best to plan for that, of course. But again, going back to some of my earlier comments. I really think the local building trades have done a good job of planning for this. You know, it's it's one of the great fortunes of being a union contractor in a strong union market is that uh, 
you know, we communicate regularly with with uh, with the building trades. You know, they're part; they're truly partners. Um, and, and and as I, I mentioned, the MBA earlier, they do a fantastic job of, of doing the same. And there's a lot of forecasting that's being done. I think that um, you know we're just the right sized market where you know your your big institutional leaders uh, they also are are having those. I believe I'm not part of this, but I believe. You know, there's there's a lot of conversation occurring, and it's why you see in healthcare, you know, UPMC taking a very planned approach to what they're going to build and when they're going to build it. You know, they're, they're, they know not to try to build three hospitals all at the same time. These things need to be spaced out. And, you know, I think there's a lot of communication collaboration uh, that goes on so that Pittsburgh doesn't unnecessarily find itself in a position where it just simply can't get work done. So I, uh, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm not ruining the conversation because it's mostly positive. I think a lot of people are experiencing talking about workforce development challenges right now. I read about it every day. And, and, and I certainly couldn't say that people aren't feeling that here in this market. I just think on the whole, um, it, it's been managed really well, at least up to date. You know, we'll, we'll see. 23-24 airport Presby Tower, AHN's work, both universities are going to be humming with projects. That's that that could be an interesting pinch point. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I know everyone's very cautious, but we're having conversations now. I mean, twenty one, twenty two, we we're having these conversations with our customers. Our customers, of course, with the end users, discussing labor uh, challenges. Uh, so. You know, knock on wood, I think it's all been it's all been well done, at least in this in this market. No, we like positive news. Don't ever hold back on positive news with me, brother. Come on now. <laughs> no, we like that a lot. We need all the all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah. Well let's let's keep it in the field here. Let's let's talk about field here. And so you've been at it twenty some years and you know, you kinda touched on it with the training about the, the high level of training that you get from from the trades, especially the carpenters. I believe you called them out, which I totally agree with that call out. But what about as far as work ethic in, in the in the field? Have you seen any differences over the past or any any comparisons that you might have over the past twenty years? Yeah, we're all guilty of um, always having our phones with us. Um, that's 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 been a, a unique kind of change over the years. Of course, when I first came in, almost I, we still had a, a toll free call in number, uh, so that guys could call from a payphone as necessary, and, and that was as, as recent as two thousand. You know, now everyone has a phone, uh, both both work and personal, and and that presents its challenges. But I purchase far fewer walkie-talkies than I used to. Everyone is accessible. But um, we're seeing some of that as a distraction. It's certainly something that, that, unfortunately, you know, I think there has to be a lot of policing done to deal with that. But um, in terms of general work ethic, I think it's hit or miss right now, meaning I can kind of close my eyes and, and there's, there's plenty of young people coming in and, and I wouldn't notice any difference between them and, and the guys that are soon to retire in terms of, you know, the, the type of call it eight hour day that they put in. But if, if anything, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm probably seeing more 
absenteeism, uh, more missed work uh, than anything else. Uh, it just seems to be a little more common and accepted than maybe once upon a time. It's okay to take a day once a week, once every other week, and meaning that's the mentality, and, and, and that's obviously disruptive. Uh, you know, you need to be able to count on on who you have working and, and when and where. That can that can certainly be a challenge. But um, you know, have we seen productivity fall off? Not not a lot. Maybe if anything, you would hope that with a lot of technological advances, newer, better equipment, smaller equipment, everything's now cordless. Everything's light, small. There's so much more of it. It's so much more abundant that maybe productivity should be in a much better place than it is. So so maybe pro, you know kind of general productivity has fallen a little bit and it's only been made up through technology. But you know we we're very careful to track our labor units and uh you know without revealing too much truth be told labor units that were put in place by my grandfather are mostly still being used today. And obviously if we weren't making those units I, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it's uh seems to con- continue to work. What it looks like in another 20 years, I'm not sure. I'm sure a lot of the young guys coming in are, 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 have, have plenty of experienced mentors that are, are, are really pressing upon work ethic and productivity. seems to, to be working, but what does it look like for the next generation? Tough to say. Good stuff, as always. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Neil. It's always awesome catching up and seeing you. Our audience can't see you, but it's great seeing you uh, through this video here. And on behalf of Chris and I, we just want to thank you and let's do it again. And you're doing a great job keeping up the, the ENR name, keeping up uh, the River's name as part of the, the ENR name. So. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. It was great seeing you. Great talking with you both, Chris. Very nice. You bet. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.